What's happening, guys? Pete back with you for an all-new edition of the Music Box P Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. On today's episode, I have my much-anticipated interview with Fat Ozea. So he's a pop hip-hop artist uh, based out of the Boston area. Uh, more recently, he just released a track with my good buddy Mark Walsh called The One, which is starting off 2024. It's already ripping up to be a, a real big song this year, so... I had the opportunity to meet Fat Ozea about a month or so ago at the uh, Northeastern BC hockey game, which was absolutely epic. I've always wanted to meet him. I'm glad we're finally able to get this uh, interview done and out of the way because it, it's been a while in the making, but I'm so stoked to have him on. So uh, I chatted with him a while back about his uh, musical influences, how he got started, because I found his story to be particularly fascinating and the way he goes about creating his music too, because it really borders the line between pop and hip hop. But what he does so well is he integrates so many of these clever rhythms Rhythms underneath, and it kind of has a little bit of a subtle R&B influence thrown in for good measure too. So we chat about that, uh, his musical influences growing up, how that all coalesced, and how it all evolved, and it really is morphed into something that's truly spectacular. You really need to hear it, especially with the song he just did with uh, Mark Walsh. Um, and another thing we chatted about, and just you know, going about his whole creative process when it comes to recording and his whole philosophy, which he uh, shared some great aspects on. Um, ch chat about the recording process of the one. And he also chatted about a special show he did a, a couple of years back up at St. Michael's College in Vermont with Mark Walsh. So we chatted about how that show came to be because Mark Walsh uh, chatted about it. when I interviewed him. A couple of years ago on the podcast, Mark Walsh uh, talked about uh, his side of it. Fat Oseas could talk about his side and his perspective of how that whole whole show came to be because it was absolutely epic and how it, it was such a mind-blowing moment for Mark, but equally as impressive for Fat Oseas, as you'll hear about later on in the interview. Plus, he chatted about his things on what he likes to do for fun away from making music as well, too, because it's always fun to see what musicians do outside of their music realm, and it, it really is. It's just really jaw-dropping, mind-blowing, especially someone of Fat Oseas' caliber to come and just craft, craft these amazing rhythms and really uh, bring into motion because what he's doing right now is truly very special and truly spectacular. So without further ado, here's my interview with Fat Ozea. Okay, Music Box Pete here on uh, with an artist that I've had the opportunity of uh, featuring a couple posts on over the past year. Uh, more recently, uh, he collaborated with Mark Walsh on his song, The One. But um, here to come on to talk about his uh, creative process, musical influences, all things related to music, I'd like to welcome on Fat Ozea. Fat, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Great to have you on. So, um, just for all my listeners out there, just give us your name and uh, what style of music you regularly play. Yeah, so I go by Fat Hosey, um, and I'd say I'm more of a pop rap type of uh, artist right now. But I've done stuff in like hyper pop, <clears throat> hip, um, and but mostly like pop pop rap is kind of like the realm I'm in right now. Okay, awesome. So uh, a lot, a lot to delve into uh, right away. But um, I just want to uh, start uh, and talk about your early interest in music and how that sort of set the foundation for where you are right now. So maybe just talk about your early interest in music and uh, how it shaped you. Yeah. So my earliest introduction to music was probably uh, my mom playing Eminem songs <laughs> all the time for me to hear. And so after that, I heard Eminem, and I was like wow, like, this is crazy, like, his flow is crazy, the, the beats are always insane, and his lyrics were always, I mean, some of them are heavy, but no one is like him lyrically, if you ask me, his lyrics were just so deep and, like, meaningful, so I was like, wow, like, this is kind of cool, and then I got older, like, I played Guitar Hero like everyone else, mm -hmm. loved Guitar Hero, and then I started playing baseball, 
um, taking it pretty seriously, and then I moved to Nashville to try to play baseball um, for a college down there. And I actually got cut from the team, and I was like, what am I to do with my time now? So I start thinking about different things, different hobbies to start picking up, and music, being in the music city, looked like the best option, and I wrote, recorded, and released my first song all in one day, and then things kind of just took off from there and started taking it more and more serious as time went on, and now it's becoming more than a hobby, so it's definitely nice to see that it started as something that kind of was to pass time, and now it's something that I take very seriously, and it's looks looking like it's starting to turn into something real, you know? Yeah, for, for sure. Just with uh, all the uh, songs you've released and all the uh, collaborations you've done. Um, you mentioned Eminem as being uh, the one musical artist that uh, really inspired you. Um, but who are some others that you really uh, drew some influence from? Maybe just the way they sort of their performance style or the way they uh, produced or, or wrote songs. Or who are some other artists that really helped uh, shape you? Yeah, so another big artist for me, I'd say, is uh, his name's Quinn 92. He's one of my favorite artists, has been for a while. And I just liked how he kind of was like the same as me, like kind of making songs for like the college audience and stuff like that. And I just saw that in the way that he kind of like took over the entire Midwest. Like he has like a real cult following in the Mm -hmm. Midwest. And I was just like, wow, like an artist that can make a little bit of noise in one region can really like make this like a huge like national level type of thing. So when I saw that, I was like, hey, like, this is kind of similar to the music I make. And I started going more into the pop side of things and really, like, experimenting with my sound, my voice, like, singing a little bit more rather than just straight up rapping. And I, I think I really took that from him. Bryce Vine is another big one who went to Berkeley. Um, he just had, he had his, I followed him for a while before he really took off to, like, mainstream but he was like releasing music and it was just good music so people loved it and then he finally got his biggest hit when he um wrote the song la la land and started getting this national attention and just seeing that too i was like wow like these artists are like staying like low profile for a Mm -hmm. long time and then finally like they'll, they'll make that one song that can change it all and i think seeing that from you know those two artists and then other artists too like eric doa who's a hyper pop artist uh from connecticut seeing his the way i i found him pretty early and seeing him grow and i found him and he had probably a hundred thousand monthly listeners and then just last year he was opening up for the kid Leroy, which is like just crazy to see how how big someone can jump in one year and like seeing that keeps me going keeps me pushing keeps me experimenting and and seeing like how all these other big artists are, are making their moves i think that definitely is the most inspiring to me is seeing like when a, a smaller artist <clears throat> does make the jump. And I'm not saying that I ever want to be like the mainstream artist, like post one or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, but I definitely want to keep jumping up and, and growing this and growing my audience and stuff. So it's cool to see when an artist that's similar to my sound and, and my genre is doing it because it, it, it seems impossible to make it in the music industry, but then you see all these success stories and it's like, it's just really affirming that, as long as I keep playing my cards right and, you know, doing the right things, I, I could definitely make something happen with this. Absolutely. And uh, you touched upon uh, your mom a little bit and just how big of a role she played and just in terms of, like, uh, whether it was playing music around the household. But um, how 
big was like in terms of like performance wise? Did were there any like musical instruments or around the house or how omnipresent was music around the household? Not like including like music that was played, but like you know uh, performance wise with instruments. Was that a big uh, role around the house growing up? Um. I wouldn't say it was it was a big thing. We definitely had a piano around the house that I slightly learned a little bit when I was younger, but I never really got into it. But we would always have like different like painting buckets and stuff like that mm-hmm. that I would turn into drums or like I, even just like playing beats on the table, you know, like with a pen and stuff and like pen tapping. Like I can remember nights where I was like pen tapping down in my kitchen and my mom's like, what are you doing? Like, You've been doing the same thing for a half. I was like, oh, I'm just about to get my rhythm up. And she was like, like, that's crazy that like you put this much time into getting your rhythm up. And it, it's like, at that point in time, I wasn't even making music. So that was just something I was doing for fun, you know? Nice. Um, we t- and I touched upon this a little bit up, uh, about your uh, style, which you uh, c- characterize sort of like pop and rap. And just uh, hearing some of your music, it kind of has similarities to Jack Harlow, uh, one of my favorites. So you sort of ha- bridge that line between uh, pop and uh, hip hop a little bit. So is that so? Um, and there are not many like other. Some artists are like straight hip hop, and not there's not a lot out there that are, sort of has that line between pop and um, hip hop. So is that how you would sort of characterize yourself? Sort of. Uh, defining that line between pop and uh, hip hop and making it more accessible to those that don't listen to hip hop on a regular basis. Yeah, I would definitely say that, and and even like other genres too. Like I, I've made songs that are more like pop punk or like hyper pop, even for example. And I think like the way that I've been doing it and the way I do do it still is I have you know like that rap background of where I started and the music I used to listen to when I was younger but as I like grew as an artist I started listening to more and more music so anytime I like a different kind of music that's not exactly rap or exactly pop I try to you know like take my influence from what I have already and kind of push myself into that genre but not without like breaking any rules you know what I mean like there's Mm -hmm. no rules to music but I'm not just making songs to make songs. Like if I like a genre, like I'll try to work with it. And, and when I feel comfortable with a song is when I'll really experiment and try to mesh them together. Kind of like an, a machine gun Kelly type of thing. But Jack Harlow for sure is another one of my influences too. Cause he was just from Kentucky and I've been following him for years too. And when I was down in Nashville, like seeing the movement that he was making it up in Kentucky was definitely really cool. And like hearing about it from like, because a lot of people from my school were also from Kentucky. So to hear them talking about Jack Harlow, Jack Harlow, and I had heard about him from Boston. So I was like, wow, like this is crazy. Like this guy is really about to make it. And then he's another example of an artist who he was always pretty big, but he's blowing up right now. Like one of the biggest artists in the world has songs. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Artists. It's crazy. It, it really is too. And he kind of has some similarities too, because I guess he like started out playing soccer in high school and was going to pursue that. Then he chose music, but his, and his music also has a little bit more of an R and B style to, uh, to his flair as well too. So you can sort of hear a little bit of that R and B influence as well too, but it's great how sort of you had similar parallels in terms of your career trajectory. So it is pretty striking though. <clears throat> it's always fun meshing all these genres together and, and just listening to music, because I feel like when you make music or, or even are involved in the music industry, you listen to music a little bit differently. You're not just listening to, you know, like get a, an emotion out of it. You're listening because you're trying to learn, too. Like, you're trying to hear, like, are these tones that I can also pull off? Are these 
beats that I think I could see myself on or or can I get some inspiration from this so like every time I'm listening to music now it's crazy I'm not even thinking about it the same way I used to like where I'm just like trying to sing along and have a good time I'm thinking about it like can I do this could I do this could I use what I've learned here in my own music and I think that is honestly one of the most powerful tools for any artist is just listening to more and more music and a lot of artists like don't want to keep listening to other music they just want to listen to the music they make and I mean no hate on them but I just think that's like kind of like what are you doing you're like being a dead horse almost like you're only listening to yourself you're never really going to progress you're never going to get better I love listening to all types of different music like afro beats are probably right now my favorite music right now like I'm probably not going to make an afro beat song but listening to like afro beat songs and getting flows and different like topics to to make my music about is definitely like one of the the most powerful tools I have because you see what other people are doing it and you're not trying to replicate it per se but to see what they're doing and kind of like put your own spin on it it's always like a, a not easy way to make music but it can help you out in the process for sure Absolutely. Um, I want to delve behind uh, your creative process a little bit. I really want to get behind like the modus operandi of how you work uh, when it comes to like creating a song from scratch. So maybe just uh, take us a little as to how you sort of put all those thoughts of pen and paper and how to, how it sort of comes together for you uh, when creating songs in the studio, from writing to recording and, and all that. Yeah, so I do all of my recording in my bedroom, uh, which that's kind of just like a personal preference for me. I just feel the most comfortable and you know like it's all my equipment it's all my stuff like i know how to work it all so like that just makes me feel comfortable for some reason but i don't really know how to play any instruments like i can dabble with a, a bunch of them but i'm not like an expert in any of them so uh, a lot of times mark walsh is in the room with me while i'm recording or having any, any ideas and if i hum something or or like make a little beat like plant it on um like the table or something mark walsh is usually pretty good at getting it on his first try um playing it on guitar or piano or or making a drum kit so that's always very helpful because i have a bunch of ideas in my head that i want to get out but i can't do it myself so to be able to hum it and have mark walsh there is always a, a great thing and then once we have instrumentals <coughs> we'll, we'll go through like different instruments like all day like if if we record a guitar we'll put seventeen thousand different like sounds onto it until we have the one we want like we literally won't stop until we have a sound that either heard in our head or a developed sound that we are like creating in the moment because like another thing is like we don't want our music to sound just like everyone else's like we want it to have our, our own uniqueness to it so having that and like having some tools in our back pocket with like all the, the different um plugins that you can put onto it are definitely helpful and then once we do have the instrumental i like to write my songs after the instrumentals made rather than the other way around because I, I tend to get insp inspired um by the the music and the instruments and stuff like that so usually i'll, I'll play the beat and then i'll record myself like kind of like mumbling or like humming different melodies and like sometimes i'll throw words in there that are just coming to the top of my mind and then i'd say probably 15 minutes after i have that mumble recording i usually at least have either a chorus or a verse written just based off of what I'm hearing, the, the vibe, the mood of the song and stuff like that. And then after that, um, the mixing process, after everything's recorded and stuff like that, the mixing process is what takes the longest. I'd say every song I've released since probably like late 2021 has been at least three weeks of mixing. And like 
and it's not like three weeks straight like like doing everything but it, it's three weeks of like small tweaks like different mixes different masters listening to them in the car listening to them in my bedroom listening to them on my ipod so like getting those different sounds and really making sure i have the one that i like the most and and the one that i like sometimes even the one that i think would perform the best isn't the best in my opinion so if, if i like it and i like the way it sounds i'll always release it the way i like it rather than to the standard of whatever the, the industry wants just because i think my audience is small enough where i can experiment a little bit and it, it helps me to experiment because they really see what people like but going through that mixing process of weeks kind of like perfecting it almost and then i i like to stop working on it completely like completely like hit the brakes when i'm almost done and just don't even look at the song for at least a week and then i go back into the song listen to it again and then make the final like small tweaks there's been times where i've gone back to the version that i thought was final and completely scratched everything and started over and then there's been times where i've made two tweaks and released the song onto my distributor that night so it really depends on the song depends on the vibe depends on how i feel about it then when it's finally done i, I put it out through my distributors get it on spotify and that's where the real grounding starts is like making content and stuff and like trying to push it to more people and get heard more and more and more awesome um and uh also uh, you mentioned our mutual friend mark walsh who of course you know i featured on the site before and yeah you, know, you worked with him on uh his prior single uh time zone but uh the more recent song that i uh, posted a write-up on newsboxp.com is uh called the one so talk about the recording pro process behind the one and how that all came about yeah so that's actually one of my favorite songs we've ever made um just because of how it came to be there was one night that him and i were just playing video games talking about music and i was like hey like what would you think about like just finding a random beat on music because he, he's always making the beats himself you yeah know? like going through the entire process so i was like hey what do you think about finding a random beat on youtube and you and i just making a song to it and we were in my garage and he was like all right like whatever like we'll try it so we started playing beats and the one the beat that we used probably um was the fifth or sixth beat we listened to and we both were just looking at each other like whoa like this is good so he had the chorus idea first and once he told me that i was like wow like this is insane like this is about to be our best song we've ever made so we, i literally went into my room got all my recording stuff brought it downstairs to my garage and him and i recorded the entire song um that night except for the the last part which is um seven who is a friend of mine who she's very good too but she, we didn't have that part written yet but we knew we wanted a, a female vocal on it because it, it just we thought it would sound perfect with that so we wrote and recorded a verse and then pitched it all the way up so it sounded like a girl and listen to it like that and for for a couple weeks that was the version we had and we were like we gotta find somebody so i reached out to a friend of mine and she was willing to hop on the song as well and she came recorded that verse and it all came together and once it came together like all three of us were like wow like we just did something and i'm happy that we we did end up getting a response from it, it it's currently both mine and mark's most streamed song so to, to have the success after trying to just trying something new was definitely very 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 good feeling for us to have 
and it is <clears throat> kind of changing the way we're going about things too. Like we're not trying less, obviously, because the hardest we've tried to make music happen for us, but kind of like putting less pressure on ourselves and like trying new things and being uncomfortable because we were uncomfortable. We were in my garage making a song <laughs> in the middle of the summer. Like it wasn't the most comfortable. Yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, being uncomfortable and, like, having to, like, make that song, like, it was awesome, honestly. It was probably one of the more fun nights I've ever had in my life, like, because it, it just having that product, that final product come out at the end of that night was just, like, wow, like, we just did that. Like, and it was just crazy. And, and Mark Walsh is one of my best friends, too, so I see him every single day. So, like, to, like, share that with him as well and, like, to be able to make music with him so often is just, we're very lucky to live right next to each other. But we're also very lucky to like like the same music and, and kind of be in the same world of music because I can help him, he can help me, and then we can also make these songs together. And I think making songs with him is, are definitely like my favorite songs that we make. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see sort of the progression you made from Time Zone to, uh, to The One so and sort of see that it's building incrementally to something special. And of course, you know, uh, meeting you and, and then Mark and of course Joey Mayer-Larry at Northeastern Hockey Games. So everything's sort of intertwined between music and hockey these days. But you can sort of see something's building exponentially over the years too. And it's really remarkable to see it evolve and sort of uh, uh, make changing shapes along the years. It, it really is outstanding. Thank you. And, um, I'm happy other people are excited <clears throat> to, to see that. Yeah, so um, what have been some memorable shows that stick out to you? Of course, I, I had Mark Walsh on the podcast about a year or two ago, and he mentioned about St. Michael's College up in Vermont, the, this incredible show that he played up there. And I think you were there for that show, if, if I remember correctly. So maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about uh, that show, uh, specifically up at St. Michael's College up in Vermont, because when he talked about that show, it was like he said it was one of the most remarkable shows he ever played. So um, perhaps you could talk a little bit, I don't know if he's talked to you about that, but sort of talk about that that along the way and just sort of how incredible that was. Yeah, so I actually went to St. Michael's College. That's where I graduated yeah. from. Um, so I performed with him that night too, and that was honestly like, we had the plan to just have a little concert um, they call it the threes, which is just the townhouses at mm -hmm. St. Michael's. We were just going to have a little concert. We weren't expecting anything. I honestly was expecting, like, my baseball team to show up and, and a couple of their friends. But we started, like, posting about it and getting the word out around campus. And it was probably like a three-day of promotion. And by the Friday that we had it, everyone was talking about it. Like, I was walking to class, and everyone was like, see you tonight, see you tonight. So, like, that was awesome. And then right when Mark got up to school that night, I was like, dude, like, I think there's going to be, like, 100 people here. He's like, 100 people? That's crazy. So we set it up. We got everything going. And by the time the time came, there's 300 people at least. Jesus, my God. <laughs> 300 people at a small school, too. So, like, it was crazy. And just having everyone scream time zone back at us, like, that was honestly one of the most unbelievable feelings. Like, to make a song is awesome. Then to have people listen to it is great. But to have people screaming the lyrics back at you, like, there, there was no feeling like that. Like, that was the first time I had ever felt anything like that in my life. And that just kept pushing us and pushing us to wanting to do more shows. And then I actually got invited to do a show up in Vermont with 99 Neighbors and North Ave Jacks, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. No. Both of them. 
both of them are, are pretty pretty successful. Ninety Nine Neighbors is a group um, from uh, they were students at the University of Vermont, and they ended up like touring nationally. And then North Ave Jacks just signed a, a record deal. I'm not sure who with, but they were the two headliners, and I got to open up and play times on there in front of a sold out crowd of like probably 650 people, and, and doing that was like crazy. And then we just had our show this summer um, on the boat, and that was like another 300 people. And like, just, it's just like crazy seeing these audiences and like different people like liking the music and screaming these lyrics back. Like, I, I played probably seven songs, and there was people that knew every single lyric. And it's just like, it, it puts things into perspective. Like, yeah, like this is something I was doing for fun at one point, but like, it's helping people. Like, people like the music. They, they listen to the music because they like it. It makes them feel good. It, it can get them through something. And like, seeing that and hearing that from people has definitely pushed us. So, we're actually having another show on January 13th at the Sonia in Cambridge. And I think that one is going to be the best one we've had so far. It's just going to, we, we've been planning this and trying to make this one just something special for people. And I think me and Mark, the, the music that we have out already and then the unreleased stuff we're going to play, I, I think things are going to change this year a lot. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of buzz building for sure. So it'll be great to see what happens in the new year. Just what things are starting to really take shape now so that, that's great um besides music uh what do you like to do for fun in your spare time there's sort of things you like to do outside of music or does your life like 100 percent revolve around music is there anything you like to do to sort of unwind and sort of decompress uh besides recording and performing yeah like you mentioned uh northeastern hockey i'm not a northeastern fan but that's okay <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a boston college fan i always have been since i was little so, but college hockey especially, I love college hockey, um, but sports for sure. I played baseball in college, so doing that was kind of like my life up until I started making music, honestly, was all baseball. So then to like put music into the equation, now the balance is definitely more music than even baseball, which is crazy to think about for me. But um, sports have always been in my life and something that all of my friends even like, so we definitely bond over that, but just hanging out with all my friends, like, you know, my little brother is one of my best friends, if not my best friend, and then Mark Walsh, Paul Gerard, Joey Mayalari, uh, Jacob Curley, like, those, they're all involved in the music, too, and, and they have their own talents that, that they bring to the table for, like, shows and merchandise and, like, all that stuff, so that's really cool to see them come together and be part of it, and, and like, I get to be part of, like, other stuff, too, like, Jacob Curley does all my videos and like I get to like kind of be a producer slash like video creator which is really cool like like that's a hobby of mine now too like I like to just create videos like even if it's not for me I like to create videos and then like for the merchandise like I like to design clothes now like who thought that would ever from being a music artist you know mm-hmm so, so, so yeah, yeah um like sports and, and then hanging out with my friends and kind of like <clears throat> getting everyone involved in different ways Awesome. So uh, what's coming up next for you musically this year? Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about sort of uh, things you're working on right now, any upcoming shows uh, that you'd like to promote for uh, 2024. So uh, what have you got cooking up right now? Yeah, so January 13th at the Sonia is the next show. Um, that one's going to be unreal. Probably the best show we've put on so far. And then hopefully we're looking to do the boat concert again during the summer. But uh, in terms of releases... Uh, this year, I think for me and Mark, 
I think people should expect uh, a lot of music. Him and I have been working hard on uh, a, a joint um, EP that we're going to release at some point, but we're also just going to keep consistently posting a song at least once a month, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a solo song or a collab, at least one time a month we'll be posting songs. And then I think even later into the year, we're going to try to do two songs a month. <laughs> So we're just going to try to stay consistent and keep pushing new music, new content for it, and really try to like keep people involved and and wanting more and you know like experimenting with what we have because like I said like I don't have like any genre that I really stick to, so to to have the freedom of being an independent artist and being able to release whenever I want is nice because I can release. A completely hip hop song one day, and then two weeks later, have like a country type pop rap song go out. So it, it's it's nice for that, and I think this year you'll definitely see more, not as much experimenting where it's like completely different, but you'll you'll see more of a variety of good music this year, because we're really locking in on our mixes and making sure they all sound like really good and, and can compete with. Uh, label artists and stuff like that so i think this year is definitely gonna be a year of like discography growth but also artist growth i think the sound is going to develop a lot this year for both of us absolutely and and you also released another new song greedy at the beginning of december so it'll be uh more more stuff will be coming down the pipeline for sure as you said so um yep and, and i'll be pretty consistent for the next few months with uh dropping on the first friday of every month i have another song dropping on um january 5th so that one i'm pretty excited about too it's called big boys don't cry (laughs) and it's the first song i wrote after graduating from college and yeah i'm really proud of that one and i'm excited to hear what other people say because it's it's the first time i really like sang sang on a song and like kind of like got vulnerable so Hopefully people like it as much as I do, but even if they don't, I'm proud of it. All right, so stay tuned. More is coming down the road. Um, how can fans find out more info about you online? So, yeah, um, on Spotify, it's just Fat Hosey, P-H-A-T-H-O-S-E-A. And then that's also my um, Instagram. And then my TikTok, I think it's just um, fat.hosey. So that's where I post a lot of my video content is TikTok. Um, but for like general content, I'd say definitely my Instagram and and my Spotify. Spotify is where I try to, you know, keep it up the most, but everything it's on all platforms. So as long as you look up Fat Hosey, you can find something. Yep. It's on Apple music and all other streaming providers also. Um, yep. And, uh, we've uh, reached out the last question here. Uh, what is one thing you hope fans take away through your music? Um, I hope they just see that it's real life. Uh, I don't write music about stuff that I haven't gone through or someone around me isn't going through. I like to write about current and real life stuff. So and if you can listen to my music and it can help you get through like a bad day or even just like brighten your day that's already bright. Like I, I hope that's what it can do for people. <clears throat> that's what it, 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 it helps me with my mental health and, and all that. And, you know, really getting out who I am because I don't really like talking about my problems, but I'll write songs about them all day and release them. So if it can help someone 
get through a bad day or make their good day better, then that's what it's for. Absolutely. Well, Fat, it was great to meet you in, uh, in person uh, a few weeks ago at the uh, Northeastern BC game at Connie Forum, and I, I just knew from the start that something special was brewing, especially the stuff you worked on on Mark Walsh, and really, I, the world's your your oyster right now, so more is coming down the pipeline, but I thank you so, so much for coming on to chat. It was great to learn more about you, and uh, looking forward to more stuff down the road. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You know, I'm very excited to you know, keep seeing you at the games, and talking music and hopefully you'll you'll see the growth happen even more you know absolutely it's definitely gonna come sooner than later thank you so much fat take care have a good one you too thank you take care bye-bye Thanks once again to Fat Osea for taking time out to do this interview. It was just so awesome to hear from him and hear about his musical and creative process. It really it just flows easily. And, and for him, it's like second nature, especially with everything he's done, because he makes it look so effortless, but he really puts so much effort into everything he crafts. Just, you know, the layered beats, the percussions, the instrumentation, of course, uh, the lyricism, from not, not just with Mark Walsh, but any of the artists that he works with, too, because he's really crafted something that's really spectacular and unique. And I think especially within the Boston music, scene where hip-hop hip-hop is huge in the boston area as i evinced a couple years ago at the uh, boston music awards just how huge the, the hip-hop scene is there i mean i mean I've, I've only probably only attended like one or two hip-hop shows in my lifetime but just seeing how how vast it is it, it really is uh, it's mind-blowing it's just the depth of talent that's out there and just the producers the uh the the rappers, the the engineers, everybody that's behind it, it really takes a lot of effort. And hearing from Fat Hosey and everything he's done, it, it really is it's absolutely amazing. So again, massive thanks to Fat Hosey for taking time out to do this. Uh, check him out on all the social media sites, as he mentioned. Uh, check out The One, now streaming on all major uh, streaming providers. It really is well worth it. And this is just a little, just a little... Tiny little dose of what's to come moving forward. You're going to hear plenty more from moving forward. This is only just the beginning for Fat Ozzy and many more musical bounties down the road. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Music Box P podcast. See you next week.